Chelsea, welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast in which we rewatch very special episodes from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to see what they have to teach us today. And today, we're going to be looking at the series The Torkelsons. Yay! The episode The Ice Princess. Season 1, episode oh, 14. I thought you were going to do like another yay about ice princesses. Nah. This originally aired January 12th, 1992, and the writer is Philip Lazebnik. 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 Um, unfortunately, in a crime against humanity you can't stream the torkelsons anywhere online Mm. but all the episodes are on youtube thanks obama um (laughs) this is one of my favorite shows to watch growing up i know i've seen every episode and here to help us out today to talk about this episode is one of my favorite people from growing up (laughs) uh my brother noel is here thank you for that introduction Noel Markintel, our first guest. Noel is a photographer. He lives in New Orleans, and he's here to help us talk about some Torkelsons. Hey, that's cool. Uh, what what do you photograph exactly? Uh, well, I am a travel photographer mm. around the world and around the U.S. I photograph uh, headshots, commercial work, and then every once in a while, I'll selectively shoot weddings. Sure. If you want to go outside and throw a rock, someone here in Los Angeles will need your services. <laughs> uh, if if people want to look up more information about you or, or your stuff, where can they where can they do that? Yeah. Well, my website is crescentspirit.com. My travel stuff is at noelmarkintel.com. And then, of course, I'm on the Grands. At uh, Noel underscore Markintel underscore photos for my travel stuff. And my commercial stuff is at Crescent underscore spirit underscore studios on Instagram. Uh, we, I think, watched definitely more than once every episode of The Torgelsons. Oh, for sure. Not hard to do because it only ran for two seasons. It ran from 1991 to 1993. We watched it later in syndication on the Disney Channel. Yeah. Which a- is, well, that's fun, too, because it's actually the first sitcom that Walt Disney Television ever produced. Huh. But it didn't. Facts. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't actually air on the Disney Channel until syndication. It's not snarky. This is a new element for us. <laughs> this is a whole new world. This is a big hit around the Markendale household. One of the great things about the show is it actually is kind of two shows because they retooled their format so dramatically between seasons one and two. Season one is based around a fictional town called Pyramid Corners, Oklahoma, which is in a real county called Venita. Venita, which is a quick. Three-hour trip to Enid, <laughs> Oklahoma, where I was born. Wow! Yeah, that's right, Get folks. out of here. So Andrew Torkelson here. For six months of my life, I've, I look back and I'm like, yeah, it was pretty much like that. And so the first episode, it concerns a single-ish mother. She's not quite divorced yet. Father is in and out with five kids. Second season, she takes a job as a nanny in Seattle. She moves with her three kids. Two of them have just disappeared. Never be heard of Glitch again. in the Matrix between seasons one and two. And That's a funny way to pronounce orphaning kids. <laughs> it's a funny way to pronounce they just dis- got disappeared. Glitch in our family where I left two kids by the side of the road. And then season two, she lives as, she works as a nanny. Three of her kids are with her. And then there are two teenage kids that she's 
they live in the house, and there's like a bit of romantic, the nanny oh. chemistry between her and the father, the single almost, father. Almost, yeah, almost. So it's almost a completely different show, the second season. Almost it, all the kids. And almost it was almost funny, too. The first season to real prime Torkelson's. since the second season has got a real save by the bell. We're working at a beach resort with Leah Remini feel to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we were big big fans we gotta we gotta take a break and eat some snacks together yeah i have been eyeing these things for a minute and you pick these up am i right yeah uh, what, yes. what drew you to this snack called inca corn inca corn so i am a fan of snacks and i was looking for something that was both bizarre and something that i didn't have an opinion on yet mm-hmm. and uh yeah i walked up and down the snack aisle just saw everything that i'd already tried before and then came across these things and figured we'd give it a try this is roasted giant corn, and we have the chili picante flavor. Yay for me. It's almost spicy. <laughs> yeah, you're almost welcome back anytime. <laughs> so not bad. Yeah, I they're, guess, they're pretty thing. good. Not and spicy is not what I spicy. meant to say. They're like a big, they're like a halfway between like a corn nut yeah. and like corn pop cereal. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, exactly yeah, it. there that's we exactly go. It. A little hearty, a little bit of spice to make it not feel like you're eating cardboard. and Spicy cardboard. You're welcome, Inca corn. Miles <laughs> walked off with the rest of the bag, so I'm assuming he loves them. He's just shoveling them into his mouth over yeah. there at the soundboard. Oh, I'll be eating. I'll be eating more. No, there won't be more sure. to eat. <laughs> yeah. Miles is almost done. Not if you don't get those away from Miles. It's I a will. real Mikey likes it situation <laughs> over here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you fed Miles lately? <laughs> I will bring you to fisticuffs for the rest of that bag. Hey, Chelsea, let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Let's do it. The Torkelsons. Ordinary World of Season 1, Pyramid Corners, Oklahoma. As I said, Millicent Torkelson, she works kind of like as a part-time seamstress. She lives with her five children. They're constantly trying to make ends meet. There's sibling squabbles, broken hearts, small town dust-ups, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a boarder, Border Hodges, who lives in their basement. He, he shows up in the pilot episode. That's how she gets a little bit more money coming in, and he is kind of a kindly grandfather figure. Is that what happened to those two kids? Oh. The kindly boarder in the basement? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's not in season two either. Yeah, nope. he's too busy. Eating dead children. Um, And when we start... Come down to my basement, young Torkelsons. There's no room in the car for you. But there is room in my Oldsmobile-sized tummy. Dorothy Jane starts almost every episode. She starts this one, talking to the man in the moon, which is... She sits in her bay window in her room and talks to the man in the moon, even if it's bright daylight outside. She's not talking to God? No, she talks to the man in the moon, and this is a device that the show uses, kind of like a diary entry. Well, as it is later revealed to us in the end of season one, she does admit that that is her code name for God. How much time did you spend looking this up? You guys spent, I barely watched the episode. A good solid hour. (laughs) Good lord, I did a good solid hour of research. Well, there's like some vague Christian themery here. Oh, it's not vague. It's in the theme song. Well, theme song's there, but I'm saying like in the episodes and from my research, they're like, hey, let's go to that church-sponsored thing, or hey, we need to go to church, but there's not a lot of like... Or hey, let's set you up, let's set our mom up with the pastor. Because that, that's the mm. plot of one episode is they try to set her up with the past. They're setting her up with everybody, though. No, that's true. They're setting her up with Jew Carey two episodes from now. I feel like you just know a lot of stuff about the Torgelsons. 
and you're like, finally, my time to shine. Torkelarens, unite! <laughs> oh man, I have been harboring this for 20 years. Sons of Torkel! <laughs> Away to me. me! So, the whole first season, Dorothy Jane has a big old crush on Riley Roberts, who's the boy next door. He's a senior, she's a freshman. Previously, she said to him, she finally worked up the courage to say, I love you, and he told her, basically, you're just a kid. Yeah, wise decision on his part. So now, she's she tells the man in the moon, oh, it's mating season at Pyramid Corners High, and I'm just an observer on the sidelines. All the boys want to date Kelly Kimbrough, the resident ice princess, aloof and mysterious. So she's going to be an ice princess herself. Yep, she decides this is the... detached, tedious, so, so she can, annoying. So she can make out during mating season. Yeah, yeah. so this is... Because that's a, not how that works. The call to adventure. It comes from within inside herself. She, she is... Been observing this girl that we haven't met yet and decides she's going to model herself after Callie Kimbrough. I, pl- I played hard to get when I was in high school. Did you? Or as the ladies called it, a break. <laughs> <laughs> Noel, what's your, ex- what's your experience with being a nice princess? Oh, my experience with being a nice princess. I was definitely never cool enough to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, well, I was never cool enough to pull off anything, really, in high school. So yeah. I just kind of liked being my goofy self. Dorothy Jane talks like a teenage Chelsea. This is what you talk like when you have read too many books and had too few conversations with people your own age. Yeah. Can confirm. Uh, or if you've been cast in the new cartoon, Tennessee Williams Babies. <laughs> <laughs> They'll make y'all's dreams come true. Uh, it really, everybody here has, is, is definitely written well. Super eloquent. <laughs> like, why say two words when 500 will do? <laughs> the scenes are long. They are. Brevity is not a theme here. God bless these actors. They are just prattling on through this language in yeah. record time. Oh, great um, performances. The acting yeah. is great. I Dorothy was James reminded, I was reminded this. watching this why I liked the show. I thought it was going to be a situation where I went back and watched it and was like, oh, cringing because I used to love it. But I was watching this and I was like, I would have been proud to write on this show. It's solidly written. It's very well acted considering how many of the actors are teenagers and kids. Not all of them. Got a dud in this one for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, By the way, the family. Yeah. The kids' names are, Noel, do you want to recite them in age order? Oh, jeez. Dorothy Jane, Stephen Floyd, Ruth Ann, Chucky Lee and Mary Sue are the Chucky kids. Chucky Lee, by the way. And there's... So, okay, only Mary Sue was killed by the border. Chucky Lee Torkelson is definitely going to be on next season of Mindhunter. <laughs> it's um, Chucky Lee Torkelson. He's out of it again. There's a joke in season two in the pilot. They go to their new home and... She says all of her kids' names. And mind you, it's just Dorothy Jane, Chucky Lee, and Mary Sue at this point. Mm. And the the teenage son of the new family says, with all those names, you think there'd be more of them? Oh. Oh, that's not, not a joke. That it's is not a joke. Take that, actors working in a restaurant now. <laughs> <laughs> See the hilarious thing we said about you? Oh. Chucky, so Chucky Lee makes it to the next? Yeah, Chucky so Lee makes it. So he's the Seattle Strangler thing. <laughs> <laughs> we miss, the dates match up. We, lo- <gasps> we lose Stephen Floyd and Ruth Ann. And he, that's what sets him off. Yeah. That's the yeah, he's like, where are my siblings? Yeah, he goes on a complete spinoff side quest to try and figure out why his siblings never even made it on the milk cartons. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he just goes from family to family, and anybody who's got more than three of them, <laughs> he evens it up. There hasn't been a Stephen Floyd Torkelson here in 25 years! <laughs> 
It's a mass grave somewhere of all these TV children. I hear that if you watch the Torkelsons, you can see ghosts in the background of every you episode. You say Ruth Ann three times, she pops into a scene. Um, the and, haunting and of says very little. It says very little, but very exasperated. Yeah. So, 14-year-old Dorothy Jane yes. states that she is now an ice princess, and then we go into the credits, which are one of these highlight reels of great moments from the show. I have written down here, it's like a kindly Roseanne opening. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly the sass level in this family is never going to get above a three. It's a very supposed to be a very working class, lower middle class. Yeah. We're struggling to make ends meet. Sort of like Roseanne, but not crass. Very heartwarming family stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a kind Roseanne. Which I think probably was its downfall. If they're if they're getting into like the '90s, it's like why aren't they meaner to each yeah. other? Yeah, it was definitely coming into style at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost immediately before we see any other characters, we have crossed the first threshold. We're into the special world mm-hmm. where Dorothy Jane, who is as she later says, just an uh, she's like a walking exposed nerve. She feels feelings so hard yeah. all the time. She is now going to be detached and aloof and a nice princess, and that's how she's going to get attention from. Boys generally, and Riley Roberts next door specifically. Specifically. It's a hell of a switch to flip. So we're in Act 1, and we are in the Torkelson household in the living room. And man, oh man, this episode is is not winning me over immediately as we are introduced right away to Kirby Scroggins. Kirby Scroggins! Okay, so... For those of you who haven't watched the Torkoal since, here's how it goes. <laughs> Mom answers the door, and this little overalled, like, if Mark Twain suffered a head injury, comes over, and he invites the mother out to a movie. And I'm like, what? Classic, it turns out. Classic nerd move, though. I'm sure. He says, well, I have a better chance of you going out with me than Dorothy Jane. And I think this is a really risky gambit. <laughs> because what if the mom says yes? Then they're going down like a dark but exciting path. <laughs> well, yes, Kirby. Which, which I've just been waiting for you to ask me. And that would make the Riley to Mary Jane uh, age gap just completely <laughs> insignificant. Yeah, completely. He'd be like, look at us. We're 15 years at best separated. This is a thousand percent illegal. Um... <laughs> In two episodes or three episodes later, Kirby Scroggins, who's been in love with Dorothy Jane since kindergarten, is always, always after her every episode trying to get her attention. She wants nothing to do with him. This is not a new plot line. This is old news. Like two or three episodes after this, he will come over with his uncle Herbie Scroggins, who develops a similar unrequited crush on Millicent, Herbie Scroggins, played by Drew Carey in his first TV appearance. Yeah. Yeah, fun. It is. He looks very young, but pretty much just the same person. And so Millicent Torkelson, the mother, politely declines Kirby's invitation to the cinema. Phew. Then Dorothy Jane comes downstairs and Kirby says, do you want to go to the movies? There's this great new movie. And she says, no, you've not significantly struck my fancy and walks. It starts to walk away. And he says, well, I told a bunch of guys that you were going to go. And she says, they were misinformed. Very cool. She says, I'm not in the mood for the cinema. The cinema. And then... He says, oh, well, that's going to be a problem because I told the boys that you asked me. And she stands, she freezes, like she's going to turn around and hit him, which is what she usually does when he crosses the line. That's usually the slapstick ending to something like that. And she pushes him down. Yeah, that's what he mentions. Wow, she didn't even push me down. Right. But in this case, she just turns on her heel and walks off into the kitchen. So we are definitely in the special world. Yes. (laughs) Millicent and Kirby are stunned. Yes. And secretly in love. As they have a chat to discuss the events that have just unfolded uh, real before their very eyes. Yes. Chat. Yes. And now we know this was not an idle call to adventure threat. 
Dorothy Jane is practicing being cool and aloof, not getting involved with anything, mm. even anger. And Scroggins creeps on mom a little bit more and we're done. Well, he basically says, like, you got to go talk to her. Clearly, Riley broke her heart and she's just, like, completely lobotomized now. You got to go figure out what's going on. And while you do, please sing my praises. Weird. Yeah. yeah, put in a good word for me because I'm the only one who cares right now. Yeah. Okay, Millicent goes to find out what's going on with Dorothy Jane, and Dorothy Jane says, I'm pouring myself a glass of iced tea, and I'm going back up to my room to suppress all of my emotions. Sounds like a good Saturday plan. Takes practice. Takes practice, so you got to work at it. You can get there, though, folks. Trust me. Millicent follows her up to her room and says... Why do you? Why are you trying to suppress your emotions? To what end? Yes. And Dorothy Jane says, "You remember I told Riley Roberts that I loved him and I kissed him, and she and he rejected me." And Millicent says, "Well, romantic rejection is no excuse to change your personality." To which I say, "Tell that to Sandy and Grease." Ooh, six standing grease <laughs> Millicent says, "I think don't you're try like- to put out that grease fire with water." <laughs> oh. I think you're lovely just the way you are, which is like your mom has to say that. Dorothy Jane rebuts, get real, I'm a laughing stock. And the laugh track laughs. Yeah. As did I. Mom is like, there's probably other people out there, and Scroggins is pretty great, by the way, which is, don't. Hey, she's <laughs> delivering on her promise I, t- yeah. to but put in a good word. Again, and to throw her own phrase back at her, to what end? <laughs> to what end? Kirby's so, the worst. You don't want that guy around your house. No, no. Any more than he already is. No, I don't want him around Which this is every episode. episode. Which is every episode. Yeah. yeah. So in response to all of that, Dorothy Jane says she wants to watch the world burn, <laughs> she does. emotionally speaking. Millicent basically says, have you considered that dweeb that keeps showing up here? And Dorothy Jane snarls from under her bangs. My heart was broken. I want everyone else's heart to be broken, too. Yeah. Amazing it's delivery. It's pretty funny. Oh, it's, it's pretty really funny. It's Amazing. I feel like I have seen that look and heard those words in real life before. Spot on. Was it yeah. from me or someone else in this room? Maybe me. It might have been from you. Yeah. yeah. Dorothy Jane is, is just a little teeny tiny walking Chelsea. Yeah, that's why I love this show, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's all, it's all true. So, then we go to the... Diner, which the Max, is, I mean the Daisy Freeze. Yeah, it's called King Freeze, King Frozen. Taste, yeah, some sort of King Freeze. I thought it was like dairy specific thing. for this show. A uh, Frosty King is what it's called, yeah. and I was like, oh, did they just do that because this is the Ice Princess? Mm-mm. But it's not. No, it's no. a happy coincidence, I guess. It's a it's a series staple, and they go there a lot. Yeah, it's it's what's it's what's happening. It's where the kids hang out. It's their Max. Yeah, and we um, see. Callie there. Yeah, Callie is there holding court. Uh, surrounded by various sportsmen. So many Letterman jackets. Gamesmen. Yes. Far, far um, as the eye can see. A veritable alphabet of varsities. <laughs> and then uh, Carbid Scroggins comes in and tries to hit on her, and then one of the jocks scares him away, and he, run, he runs away. <laughs> I wrote down, I'm sorry, I wrote down, the football boys tell him to go away. The football boys, huh? The football boys do. <laughs> yes, I was in theater. Why do you ask? <laughs> yes, I took uh, third place in poetic interpretation. Oh, and Christ. Don't tell people that. At least say you got first. <laughs> I know. I got. No one's going to fact check. I got third. And I did a, uh, a poetic rendition of a Ray Stevens song. You are a special kind of weird. Yeah, dude. Okay. I'm not proud of anything that I did when I was a kid. I used to have to. I used to part my hair directly down the middle, like a serial killer. Yeah, and wore a pin that said "I love my hamster." <laughs> but did you? But did you though? I didn't have a hamster. That's that's fine. Is that okay? I'm a, that's okay. If you don't have a hamster, that pin is 
ironic and funny. Pushoo, I just made it. <laughs> so Riley Roberts is at the Tasty Freeze. Kirby sits down with Riley Roberts and says, why do you get all the girls? Why do they talk to you and not to me? And I wrote down, probably because Riley Roberts is played by Michael Landis, who's going to grow up to become the dad on Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23, one of the best shows ever made and cruelly canceled. Mm-hmm. But Riley Roberts says it's because he's a senior. And he's also the cool out-of-town kid from Cincinnati. And I don't know about you guys, but the only thing that I ever learned about Cincinnati was from Babes in Toyland. <laughs> How to spell it. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-A, Cincinnati. Wow, cool. I was going to say, I was worried about saying this, but you've only reinforced it. All I know about Cincinnati is it's boring as fuck. <laughs> the fact that we are now, like, we, it's like three degrees of Kevin Bacon from Cincinnati <laughs> to singing a Babes in Toyland song. Checkmate, that is one, one degree. degree. <laughs> um, I know that Cincinnati Sun-fied. is named after Cincinnatus, who is a famous orator. Maybe there's a statue of Cincinnatus there. It would uh, make sense. There, there should be a statue a... of Keanu Reeves for singing the and song. Drew Barrymore. And yeah. Drew Barrymore for singing the song Cincinnati and Babes in Toyland. Um, Riley Roberts moved from the thriving cosmopolitan metropolis of Cincinnati to Pyramid Corners. And has never, uh, never lets anyone in Pyramid Corners forget that he didn't wasn't born and raised here like the rest of these yokels. And his his sarcasm about the thriving metropolis of Pyramid Corners is perfect. Yep. Yeah. Then something weird happens because Riley Roberts says, I'm waiting for a date. And Dorothy Jane comes in and he says, Dorothy Jane, come sit with us for a second. And I'm like, so she can be here when your date shows up? That's just mean. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? It's mean. Bold move. And he says, uh, you look like a girl who's read some Dickens. Dorothy Jane is steamed. Um, <laughs> and I you want to hate that? it when people tell me I come across as intelligent. Yeah, well, you would if you were a 14-year-old girl who wanted to come across as sexy, which is what's happened to her in this episode. Fair enough. Are you? Uh, not that I'm aware of. All right, then. <laughs> so she says, I've been working all week to seem aloof and more than just homework dependable. And what's it gotten me? Callie Kimber over there can't even read. And there she sits, surrounded by boys, talking about her new conditioner. And then she says, I want someone to smell my hair. And uh, Grody Scroggins <laughs> um, like, like sticks his whole fucking face in her hair. And here's where I'm like, man... <laughs> This Scroggins kid is like one or two internet clicks and YouTube documentaries away from being married an to incel? an anime pillow. Oh. <laughs> I, I have the word incel in here as well. If the internet had existed oh, yeah. back then, he would have been like all, he would have been so hardcore into 4chan. He would have been it's as just... incel at AF, as the kids are saying. Or as lack of fuck, I guess. <laughs> folks, folks, jokes. Riley Roberts says, you know, Dorothy Jane, those guys sitting next to Callie Kimbrough are just interested in the superficial. And she says, well, what do you want in a girl? And he says, what I want, and by extension, we're supposed to think what real dudes want, is who are not footballsmen, is intelligence, humor, curiosity. And she's like, oh, man, all week I've been trying to change my personality when clearly I already have all the best qualities the boys want. I guess that's the end of the episode. Yeah, for being of age. And then Riley is either clearly lying or just being nice because otherwise they'd be making out right now. And then his date shows up, and she's too stupid to even get dressed on time. Yeah, she is a blonde bombshell who says that she's late because... She was sticking her neck through the armhole. Yeah, of the sweater, which is a deep boat neck, meaning that the armholes are roughly one-ninth the size of the head hole. Right. So she's extra stupid, <laughs> nine times more, in fact. Yeah, you, know, you can get away with that with a turtleneck. What would have made me laugh in this episode... I'm not saying I didn't laugh at all, but... 
this would have made me pause it and and just laugh is if one of the sleeves of her shirt was like completely blown out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it was yes. just like completely loose. A couple stitches popped here and there. Could have could have changed my entire opinion of this this entire series. Might have saved the series. Who knows? So Riley was clearly just lying, and he's superficial, and he knows it. And so he says, "Sue me." He says, Sue me. And, and then they gone. they bounce off together, and she rolls her eyes. Then we have a quick scene back in Dorothy Jane's room. Mom yep. enters and Dorothy Jane is late, I guess. Yeah, she's taking forever to get ready. And she's like, get out of your bathroom. Come on, we got to go. You're going to be late for school. She yells through the bathroom door, Mom, I realize boys don't actually care if you change your personality. And it then, seems like she's taken Mom's advice. Right. At the end of the episode, I guess. Nope. She oh. Op- she opens the door and reveals it's all about how you look. Out comes a little Dolly, I'm sorry, Dottie Parton. Dottie Parton. Parton. She's dyed her hair platinum blonde, stuffed her bra. She's wearing a real tight sweater and short skirt, and she's ready to Dolly Parton off to ninth grade. Sure is. She's even given herself a fresh new name, Dottie. Dottie. Not Dorothy Jane, Dottie. And I wrote, at least it's not Tootie, because you remember Tootie's (laughs) real name is Dorothy, too. I I want to have the option to go to New York by myself at some point. (laughs) So that's the end of our Act 1. That's a big Act 1 break, and we're back into Act 2, and (laughs) Dorothy Jane immediately says, I need some gum. (laughs) I need a lot of gum. Yeah, Yeah. she is now a teenage bombshell, which is an oxymoron. It's not a thing. A terrifying thing. But um, she does say, be be afraid, be very afraid. What, what is this in reference to? I think it's just a, like, I'm about to break all the rules and your good daughter is gone, mom. Yeah. Because Millicent says, you're crazy if you think you're going to school in that hair. Well, here, I'll, I'll give the I'll give the show more credit than uh, maybe it deserves. But be afraid, be very afraid. It's in everything now, but it originated in 19, 1986 movie The Fly. Which is about a man undergoing a transformation. Interesting. Uh, All right. right. That's a little Easter egg. I like that. But he turns into a monster. Mm -hmm. At first, things seem great for him, but then slowly breaks down and becomes more monster than man. No. So she's becoming more More bombshell than... More (laughs) more Dolly than Dottie. Oh, oh, shit. So Dottie's... Dottie... uh, Dorothy Jane is now going by Dottie, because that's her new fun name. And she's dyed her hair a, a discontinued color... Called uh, Playful Minx. Playful Minx. Is there any other kind of Minx, though? There are some sleepings. I guess they sleep. Hungry Minx. <laughs> <laughs> I love those frozen dinners. <laughs> hungry Minx dinners. For you hungry ladies out they're, there. They're like when, you're, when your husband has a hungry man dinner, but you don't want that much food. Yeah, you're like, I'll just take a hungry I'll minx. I'll just take a hungry minx. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, his and hers frozen dinners. Yeah. What else could be more Oklahoman? Oh, my God. <laughs> so Dorothy Jane goes downstairs. She leaves her mother in the dust. She greets Border Hodges and her many siblings. Reactions are mixed. Do yeah. a new look. Ad- uh, admiring young, I, I guess, Chucky. Chucky Lee. Chucky Lee says... In the younger siblings' only lines of the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. I have forgotten there's, an, there, there's a rest of the family by now. Yeah, so Chucky, did the producers, which is why they didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Ruth Ann only has a really an onomatopoeia in this. She doesn't even have lines. She just goes, yay, when, Dor- when Dorothy Jane says that Dottie is here and Dorothy Jane is dead. And Ruth Ann goes, yay. And it's like, you, that's all you get to say this entire it. episode. Enjoy, um, those, enjoy those residual checks for this episode, <laughs> which will be negative three hey. cents. You know what's sad is... Is side sad sidebar. IMDb does not have episode descriptions for the Torkelson no. episodes. They're on Wikipedia, but yeah. all the information that I found about you know the the credits for this episode and the synopses came from Wikipedia. Yeah. Anyway, Chucky e. Lee says he thinks his sister's as pretty as a 
truck stop sex worker. And that's uh, it. It's just like, hey, the family is, um, you know, up in the air about this. But we, who cares? Let's move along. Yeah. And so da- Dottie says, and we're now calling her Dottie, no more poetry, no more studying all the time. Dorothy Jane is gone forever. And we're back to the Frosty King. Yeah, we're... Dottie and Callie have a showdown. It's a it's a weird showdown, it's man. It's an Oklahoman standoff. What yeah, I'm familiar. It's supposed when to be Eddie Western. When I was three months old, there was another blonde-haired kid who like came into the nursery, and I was like, what? <laughs> Just joking. Here's a fun fact about me, though. I was the largest baby born on record in Enid, Oklahoma, the year that I was born. Whoa. Good for you. On the entire record, like up until that point, they had never seen a larger child in Enid, Oklahoma. Do you know if anyone's broken your record? Oh, I'm sure. Was there a parade? No. There was a sad shake of the head. Uh, Doctors called me monster. Um, (laughs) No complexes from that? uh, No, I'm fine. It's totally cool. Is it three o'clock? I have to do my cry break. Uh, And I ran into somebody out here, my friend Jessica, who also lived in Oklahoma. And when she was three years old, she won a contest where she was crowned champion chubby. (laughs) Good Lord. Yay, yeah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, land of complexes. <laughs> <laughs> Dottie comes in, and anyway, they have this little showdown where they're like, nice nails, nice hair. What is that, playful minx? It's just kind of like a showdown. And then, then it takes a sharp right turn. And then Dorothy Jane drops this. And Dorothy Jane, we must add, Dottie, as she is now referred to, is being trailed by, like, oglers. She's being trailed she? by boys this. or mm-hmm. boys oh, yeah. following her in through the door. All the boys are staring at her in the diner. Oh, the kids that sit down and one of them looks like a very young B.J. Novak. <laughs> you <laughs> you see B.J. Twice. Novak Twice. everywhere. Twice. It's the because other one was he BJ is Nova everywhere. Black. He is everywhere. I almost looked it up to see if it was, but then I was like, well, I do this too much. Too long ago. So, yeah, so she's getting the attention that she wanted. She's getting, you know, looky-loos. She's getting people staring at her. She kind of drops this uh, showdown at the OK Tasty Freeze facade, and she says, Kelly, can I talk to you? It's kind of like a, an intimate woman-to-woman thing. And then she says, like, what do I do with all this attention? How do I handle this? What is the next step now that everyone is looking at me? And Callie says, Callie, who I now realize is a wizened 30-year-old, <laughs> is like, boys are easy. She has several steps that she's going to demonstrate on young Scroggins. Yeah, Kirby just happens to pass by at the wrong such moment. A, such a soft target, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, did sure. not. It's he's a like, shame. Like a like a... Tiny baby squirrel caught under someone's boot. Yeah. Oh, he's, a, he's a soft target now. Later, he'll be referred to as a person of interest. Callie's <laughs> <laughs> uh, foolproof boy system yeah. includes the uh, the quick rundown is, first, you got to develop your powers of conversation, meaning you like talk about something that he's interested in. And then you ask leading questions like her example is, so you like me or what? First one is, what do you think of my sweater? What do you think of my sweater? That's, a, that's enough, a fun yeah. thing to talk about. Um, you never underestimate the power of touch. So she starts running her finger along Kirby Scroggins' back of his hand. Mm, and he, he spasms. Yeah, he enters the last stages of puberty. <laughs> uh, you have to giggle at anything they do. And then she says, no guy can resist a flirtatious little kiss. And she kissed the most passionless kiss you've ever seen. It's still a, it's still a head-on kiss, though. Yep. Yep. Is this a thing that I've missed out on? Flirtatious kissing? I've never been flirted with 
in that manner before. No. Well, I could end it there. I've never been flirted with. <laughs> Dot. So No, but I mean, like a flirtation, that seems like a bit of a commitment. Yeah, it's to a me. bit of a... But then the end result is that he passes out into in, the food. Yeah. And she says, he is now ready to spend money on me. Which is yep. hilarious. That Perfect laugh. slapstick Sunday plunge right there. Yeah. But let's, uh, this, let's... Uh, this actress is not... She's really the weak link of the... Sure. The episode. She was she's some someone's niece. Pretty deadpan, way the fuck too old. No. She just looks like she just, you know. I'm talking like this for every line. And then I'm going to do this. And my voice is really deep. <laughs> and I'm clearly way too old. <laughs> A young Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> um, another thing worth noting here is that Scroggins, when... Uh, when she asks him, you know, what do you think of me? He says, I would be honored to live the rest of my life as your Ottoman. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing out more things that support my theory that he's going to be an emotionally troubled <laughs> and kink-centric gentleman growing up. You're always looking for one. You're always looking for one oh, person I, who's going to go off the rails. I'm sorry. I had to look. <laughs> this, was kind of, this, this guy was kind of thrown in our face as yeah. that guy. yeah. Well, He's going to want things thrown in his face later. So this is the culmination of all of Dorothy Jane's machinations is that Riley walks into the Frosty King. So she's changed her appearance. She's tried to be aloof. She's now gotten lessons from Callie about how you uh, make boys love you. And now we are approaching the inmost cave. She's going to go try all this stuff out on Riley, the boy from next door that's too old for her that she loves. And she says, can I have some more time to practice? And Callie's like, no, go now. It's go. your time to go. And this is in breakdown episode. Again, we have a two-act structure here. The first uh, episode is her trying to be detached. That doesn't work for her. So she tries another tactic, which is changing her appearance. Yep. And her personality completely, which is only, as it is now, about to make things worse. And then she'll get out of the original problem and all the problems caused by her false solutions at the very end. Yeah. That's classic TV 101. Yeah. So she goes over and she sits down next to Riley, who's kind of weirded out by her new appearance and everything she's doing. He's immune to this Kelly system, yeah. um, even though he... the. The girl that he was date on a date with last night named Daisy is just a sort of a dumber Callie Kimbrough prototype. And all he really wants from Dorothy Jane is a Dickens novel recommendation. The unsexiest What's thing. What's a guy got to do <laughs> to get a Dickens novel recommendation in this Yo, town? Yo, here's something there, Riley. Uh, just pick one, bro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can describe all of them as, oh, what's the word? Dickensian. It's because they're all of a piece. What? I want like some sort of like, hey, can you tell me the easiest one? Not like the best one. What's the best one? Well, so she's, she's a freshman and you're a senior. Yeah. yeah do you, you need help of, with all of your homework in this way? You've got a lot way? of catching up to do, bud. Help From me. Cincinnati. College what are to... the schools like there? The most Dickensian city in our union. <laughs> College is about to hit this guy like a brick to the forehead. Yeah. If he's getting English lit advice from a freshman. Hey, uh, professor, what, what book should I read? <laughs> You're on academic suspension now. Oh, what should I do with my time? in Cincinnati. Uh, or he's just calling, calling Dorothy Jane in Seattle. Dorothy Jane, help. No, you know what actually happens when Riley leaves for college is heartbreaking. Riley leaves oh, no. for college. And he does not say goodbye to Dorothy Jane. Like, he lives next door. They're clearly friends. They chat all the time, even though he doesn't feel romantically for her. And Dorothy Jane's erstwhile father is home in that episode. The de deadbeat dad, like, won't really give Millicent a divorce, but doesn't stick around, sure. comes in and out of their lives. And 
the deadbeat dad is home and he tells Dorothy Jane, like, he didn't tell you goodbye because he loves you and he couldn't face parting with you. And, and, and he's projecting all his feelings for, like, his her mother onto Riley's goodbye. Uh, well. And so then Riley, convinced that her father must know the truth about romance because he's a, her father, calls Riley at college and says, like, did you not tell me goodbye because you're in love with me and, and you couldn't face your feelings and and, and, and you, you're going to miss me too much and so you couldn't say goodbye? And he tells her on the phone, I just forgot. <sighs> Got it. Yeah, I was really yeah. only hanging out yeah. with you just to find out what a Charles Dickens novel was. <laughs> this was before Google. If Google had existed, we would have never yeah, spoken. I would have never. Also well, I mean, if, if the internet had existed, none of the kids would have ever interacted with each other at all. No. That's true. Except for Scroggins, who would have been peering in their windows late at night <laughs> with his pillow. Jasmine. Or trying to hack their webcams. I was going to say, that trying too. to get into their Wi-Fi networks. So this is the supreme ordeal. Yeah. This conversation between Riley Roberts and Dorothy Jane, which he starts off with the actual fact that he is 18 and she's 14 and it would be illegal for them to he date. He is Smart 18 move. years old Solid and point. she is 14. Like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this dude's right. Yeah, this... And stop... Fucking talking to her, you <laughs> asshole. Or get a lawyer. You know what? And get a lawyer. It, but it takes all of the drama out of it for me because, like, the, yeah. the solution is so simple. It's illegal. It's yeah. illegal for them to be together. For at least the next three years. Stop yeah. showing her your dickens. <laughs> <laughs> I, looked, I looked it up just a moment ago it's, just to make sure we were all on the same page. The age of consent in Oklahoma at that time and now is 16. Oh. Okay, so we got at least two okay. years. Two years. At least. Sorry. Gone. Yeah. I guess it didn't work out. Maybe talk to your congressman. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined my romance. Ma'am, I'd rather not be seen alone with you. I'm 30. You're 14. Callie Kimbrough's like, what? Is that an issue? <laughs> um, yeah, this dude should leave every situation. Yeah. But he, what he says to her is, is very straightforward. He says, because she's like, you're a hypocrite. You say you want all these like in, intellectual qualities and, and curiosity and all these things. But then you go out with idiots like Daisy who can't get dressed. And he says, look. Guys are attracted to girls like the one I went out with last night, but but they get bored with superficial girls, and you're worth 10 of those kinds of girls. Don't be mad at me because we can't be together. It's not my fault I'm four years older than it's you. Yeah, it's not my fault I don't want to be banned from attending my own school. <laughs> oh, but I'm in love with heroin, officer. <laughs> can't I just have heroin? But then he gets I up. was on track to graduate, but it, but this English lit assignment and a restraining order <laughs> really got in the way. Go back to Cincinnati where they're progressive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Super progressive Cincinnati. But she... Dorothy, oh, keep Cincinnati weird. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That will do it. Keep so, Cincinnati a prime babes in Toyland reference. <laughs> Folks, uh, here's the problem with this episode, in my opinion. Blasphemy, whatever you're about to say. Yeah, I'm sure you'll disagree. Okay, so the whole point of this episode is Dorothy just needs to be herself and actively pursue Riley Roberts oh, yeah. and risk getting hurt. Yeah, boys in general, Riley in specific. Absolutely. And yet, the counterpoint to this episode is poor serial killer Scroggins, who people keep saying, you should stop doing that. And his advances <laughs> are shown as like horrifying and and yeah nothing if not himself kirby and scroggins it agreed but the the point it's a 
Jesse uh, no, sings I see what a you're song saying. about. I mean, like Kirby is always true to himself. He never puts on airs. He always is always just himself. Yeah, and, and still honestly fails. goes up to people and says, "Do you want to date me? Or do you want to be my friend?" And they reject him. Sure. But it seems like they are they are encouraging Dorothy Jane to exhibit that behavior. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. While not, actively not the, punishing someone else for doing yeah. that very thing. It's you know we need to find out we need to figure out what the phrase is. Oh, what tangled the webs? Jesse, the Jesse's. It's a real Jesse's song. That's not going to work. That's the episode. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> it's a real yeah. Jesse Stamus weight loss song. <laughs> Jesse Stamus. Jesse Stamus's. Anti-bullying weight loss song. It's yeah, it's it's really the fat shaming jingle. Fat shaming jingle. There you go. Yeah. That's fine. So now we actually have a thing that happens because that was the climax. Dorothy Jane has been the hero. The journey she's on has been a little muddy, but it's very clear that she's not going to end up with Riley Roberts in this episode or spoiler alert this series Mm. so this should be the end of the episode but we actually have a bit of a third act in this episode first she goes home and reveals that this blonde hair was a wig the whole time and her mother hugs her and says welcome back dorothy jane's good to have you back and then we have the road back which is a a return to the ordinary world thing that happens in act three of the hero's journey that we don't often see Mm. the road back is when the hero is pursued by dark forces that were stirred up during the climax and who represents those dark forces that would be callie kimbrough original ice princess doorbell rings (laughs) it's callie kimbrough she just dropped off her kids at soccer she wants an update i wanted to find out how to play (laughs) she didn't know who she was at the beginning of the episode but now she knows exactly where she lives right exactly I looked you up in the yellow pages. It's four pages long in this town. <laughs> You're the only Torkelson. I looked you the up yellow in the page. yellow page. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only <laughs> only Torkelson's in the yellow page. So they sit down on the front porch, and, and she says, and Callie's like, well, what happened? Why isn't Riley over what here happened? making Why out with you Riley right now? Why isn't <laughs> <laughs> Ever since you said she has a deep voice, I just want to do it. How did it go? What happened with Riley Robble? She can make words, though. <laughs> She's not in she my just impression. She's a mouthful of cotton. Um, <laughs> just because a deep voice. And so Callie tells Dorothy Jane that her patented boy entrancing system is didn't work because it's predicated on the fact that you're not allowed to like actually like the person that you're yeah, flirting with. Callie yeah. very clearly says, the last step is to walk away. Quick sub-lesson in supply and demand. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, she's like, right. if you, you can't fall, you can't like these people. I intend to never fall in love and I'll never get hurt. And boys chase me around all the time because the last step after you kiss them is to walk away and never see them again, not answer their phone calls. I never feel anything. I am frozen inside. The ice uh, princess thing is not just outside. It goes deep. 20 years ahead of its time to for the bone. Don't Catch the Feels. I yeah. am an alto-voiced robot <laughs> who never learned feelings or love. love. Dorothy Jane Torkelson is like, I can't imagine a worse life than that. I feel feelings all of the time at breakneck speed. As deep as they go, I feel them. I talk to the man in the moon about my feelings. That's how many feelings I have. <laughs> And Dorothy Jane says, you can't have absolute joy without absolute pain, even though it's, you know, it it hurts me that Riley doesn't love me back. Also, I have this hope that he will. And like that hope brings me joy. Mm -hmm. And then there's a long pause. Oh, Jesus, this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Kelly says, Dorothy Jane. 
How do you let yourself feel things? She reveals that she is a poorly programmed robot. Dorothy Jane, how do I switch off my sass function (laughs) and start my subroutine on feeling? I wrote, Callie, get thee to a therapist. Dorothy Jane is 14. She cannot help you. Why is everybody putting such pressure on 14-year-olds to fix stuff? (laughs) (laughs) What book should I read? How do I feel feelings? Dorothy Jane's like, I don't know. Yeah, that should have been like the last part of the Dorothy Jane going, I don't know, dude, get off my porch. (laughs) Or like pulling a, hey, I'm 14, you're 18, this is illegal. Okay, so because there wasn't really anything to research here other than to point out the obvious, this is a Pygmalion, a Grease, a change yourself to get the attention of a boy trope, which is pretty classic. There wasn't really anything to look up in terms of research, Mm. so I thought it would be fun. I found an article called See the Cast of the Torkelsons All Grown Up. I haven't looked at them yet. I thought we could look at them together. I know where one of them, I know where Riley Roberts ended up. Well, yeah, he ended up on the bitch in Apartment 23. I bet before that, he was uh, first season of... uh, Adventures of Lois and Clark. Oh, yeah. Oh. This show spawned a lot of child actors' careers. Brittany Murphy probably became the biggest star. She's in season two. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. Yeah, boyfriend. boyfriend Dorothy Jane's boyfriend two. in season two. Drew Carey had his first appearance on the show. We don't see her in this episode, but the girl that plays Riley's girlfriend is the girl that went on to play the female romantic lead in Hocus Pocus. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Let's look at them now. Let's check them sure, out. absolutely. Okay. So 22 years later, here's what the Torkelson family looks like now. Melissa Torkelson. Kind of... Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Totally rocking. Yeah. Oh, she was on ER, Entourage, bunch of stuff. Law and Order. SVU, Blue Bloods. Mm. Yeah, good for her. Dorothy Drain. Oh, beautiful. CSI, oh, yeah. Dexter. And also... The, nine seasons of Sons of Anarchy. The Torkel Sons of Anarchy, you mean? <laughs> the Torkel Sons of Anarchy! Now that would make a yes. wonderful spinoff. Of- fucking Scroggins <laughs> on a motorcycle. Can you imagine? Can't reach. Biker gang of all these kids, and then in the second season, two of them go missing for no reason whatsoever. Okay, here's Ruthann. She was on Sister, Sister, and Third Rock from the Sun. I love Third Rock from the Sun. Mary Sue Torkelson, the littlest one. Oh, yes. She was. She played Mel Gibson's daughter in What Women Want. Yes. Um, and then Chucky Lee. Uh, <laughs> now, this is interesting. Yes, and then he became Minkus on Boy Meets World. So. Of course. Same creator. Same oh. show creator. Yeah. Oh, yes. We didn't mention that. Same show creator, Torkel Sense, as Boy and Girl Meets World. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I saw, okay, so I saw Lee Norris on set earlier this year because he was one of the principal actors in a movie that I was background in. Oh, really? I'm not going to tell you which one. Okay. Look at IMDb. It's the only one on there. Cool. Um, so Chucky Lee was on One Tree Hill for almost a decade. And then he was, oh, he was in Gone Girl. Yeah, he was a police officer in Gone yeah, Girl. Yeah, and he was on an episode of Girl Meets World, which I accidentally watched almost all of Girl Meets World once, so I did see him. How does one accidentally do that? I wanted, so we were doing an episode of Boy Meets World for this podcast, and then I saw on IMDb that the, a character that we were talking about in the episode, the cult episode, the character that almost uh, dies at the end yeah. of that episode, and you don't know if he lives or not, makes an appearance on Girl Meets World. So then I was like, okay, I have to go see what that character's up to on Girl Meets World. And then I ended up watching like the six episodes after that. As you do. It's a real Pringle situation. All right. uh, So now let's go with uh, who'd you want to hug? Probably Callie because she's living a tough life and she just (laughs) is now about to realize it. It's all for nothing. (laughs) 
She seems like she's going to have a tough time of she things. She's about to fall out, and who knows what's buried in that ice. I want to hug Scroggins because, one, if he keeps lacking human contact, he will end up wearing people's skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, to tell him, man, you got to just work on being funny because if you're as goofy as you are, <laughs> if you can put it into a stand-up routine, man, you will be a multimillionaire. Not sure. even that, but just like if your approach is slightly self-deprecating and kind of comical as opposed to desperate and strange – then you can win friends and influence people. Yeah, go. yeah. Look just... what look how well it worked out for Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he had a good run. He did. I'm just this. This is where I see uh, funny Scroggins going. As yeah. Well. See, just like just gentle nudge, gentle Got nudge under the... on my toilet seat. So I'm locked <laughs> <myself> past gas. <laughs> just right. give him a gentle nudge on the parallel oh, path. Of... All right. Okay. <laughs> I learned that this show is as good as I remembered it being. I'm I'm very excited about the fact that I feel like the Torkelsons uh, has a rightly deserved warm, fond spot in my heart. Oh, I learned that this was a show. <laughs> and it spoiled the ending of Tale of Two Cities, which I have never read. Well, there you go. I've just You've been had waiting. time. I've been waiting for any woman four years younger than me to tell me which you've, book to read. You've had time. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I learned that the reason why they decided to discontinue the show being in rural Oklahoma was because audiences did not want to watch lower middle class people in rural Oklahoma. They wanted to watch big city types, and that's why they changed up the format in season two to going to Seattle. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I learned that advertisers want to advertise to people who watch middle-class and upper-class shows, and they don't want to advertise to people who identify with lower income. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Noel. It was great to have you in the room. Thank you for bringing us this Inca corn. Sorry that Miles ate it all while we were talking. Yeah, it would have been nice to have one more. I viciously defend these last six kernels at this point. (laughs) Thank you all so much for joining in. Hey, Chelsea, what are we watching next time? We haven't picked it. Uh, So tune in next time when we're watching nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Last show. Tune in next time where we just sit and stare at a blank screen. Noel killed it. Noel killed the show. Hey, Chelsea, how do I watch television? (laughs) That'll be it. Bring snacks. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. This is tedious. (laughs) And annoying. (laughs) Welcome to T and A.